Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens. This is a science fiction movie podcast. We get together every week. We've watched a sci-fi movie and we talk about it. And on this particular episode, we are doing this previous month's vote winner from Patreon. Every month on patreon.com slash TV. Uh, the $5 tier and up get to vote between four films. And the theme for this particular vote, and this is important in this case, uh, was that, you know, every few months we'll do a reactor vote. What is the reactor, you may ask? Well, the reactor is actually also a Patreon thing. It's a, a list of films that patrons submit, a, a to-do list of sorts. So every few months, the vote will, for the month will usually pick four movies from the reactor. Uh, so the key thing here is that all four films on this vote were submitted and selected by patrons. And then patrons voted between the four that were chosen from the list at fairly random. Uh, and this was the one that won. Pandorum from 2009 was the winner. So a patron selected this film. And the patrons as a whole, as a community, are beloved patrons who support everything we do. And we do appreciate that. We really do. But I will warn you, there might be some animosity in my tone towards them for the rest of this discussion because i hated this movie i absolutely despise it It is atrocious it is a piece of trash all the wrath is coming tara what did you think of pandorum i found it very uh difficult to watch it was very Mm -hmm. loud and very obnoxious (laughs) yeah i don't want to say about i don't say high energy but it was like watching a Surge commercial for an hour and a half. <laughs> but like if the Surge commercials came out in uh, 2009, we're during all these post-apocalyptic films that were popular at the time. I wish it was only an hour and a half. It was one hour and 48 minutes. And I felt yeah. every minute. You know what I like about this movie? Shut up. Gave- Shut the front door. <laughs> I do not approve of this message, whatever it is. Go on. <laughs> that it gave Ben Foster a leading role because, god damn it, he deserves it. He's so good. He just needs a freaking better agent because like, I think Ben Foster is like top-tier actors that are working today, but he just... Why can't he get a leading role? Like Even the movie that like was like the Oscar film that came out for him, which was Hell or High Water... They gave the they gave the Oscar nomination to Jeff Bridges in that film, who I thought was still in like Rooster Cogburn mode that he's never gotten out of since True Grit, and for some reason he won. Like he won. <laughs> I'm so mad. Why? Why? I mean, how how does anybody get nominated for an Oscar when they're acting next to Ben Foster? He's so much better than everybody. But yeah. The, the only thing I really appreciate about this film is that it at least knew who to cast in this lead role. Although I don't think this is a good movie. I saw no evidence of this praise for Ben Foster and his performance in this film. I'm not saying that he's not a good actor. I'm not saying that he's not good in other things. But he is not good in this movie. It's just not a good movie. But no, that's true. But that doesn't... I think like Dennis Quaid is actually quite bad in this. 
No, he is. He is, but I think Ben Foster's bad. I think everyone's bad in this. They're all bad in this. No, I don't think he's... I don't think Ben Foster's bad. I just don't think it's a good movie. Okay, well, whatever. Keep your bias in check, okay? <laughs> they're all bad. Like, they're bad. No, I'm not saying this because like they're bad actors, but they're poorly directed. This movie <laughs> is a goddamn mess. I hate the editing. I hate how quick it's cutting around constantly. I hate the cinematography. Not so much the... The like the just the sort of the, the palette because to be fair it's at least got a kind of a nice darkest like grimy aesthetic which I'm, I can get behind. I mean it's about obviously it's ripping off like a hundred different movies at this point, but whatever. Um, but I'm talking more about like there's these weird things where it'll do these quick track ins and it'll do these weird spinning shots or it'll do these like ah oh, quick Dutch zoom kind of thing or mm-hmm. like there's all these little moments and I hate it and they, you mix that with the editing which is all these quick cuts especially when we get to the uh, the, the, the 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 knockoff Reavers let's just call them what they are they're they're Reavers from Firefly but worse um, and like every time they show them they do this thing where it's all these quick cuts where you just see them for a split second and it sort of keeps that up for so much of the movie and it's so bad and obnoxious and annoying and like you said it's loud the characters are all paper thin i cannot root for a single character in this it was hard to pay attention to this movie because it was just like a really badly edited commercial the entire time and it was just a painful hundred or so minutes and when you know I, I you know like some of the twists were painfully obvious from the second they started teasing them um some of the the plot progression was just uninspired and on top of all of that you have something that is just really unsatisfying with generic designs for much of the ship even the you know the bad monsters or people or whatever you want to call them like they look generic as hell they, they look like you know i compared them to reavers but they also have a little bit of like the vampires from uh i am legend or like a little bit of anything like that anything with that kind of like pale yeah, I think smooth skin i think their armor and stuff re- reminds me of um there's some like post-apocalyptic film that was really popular and also had that like high energy really quick cuts um and i want to say it was called like doomsday or something but it was uh, uh no you're right doomsday yeah yeah but like everybody sort of has the same character design and yeah, you're right. Mixed with like vampires or something from another film. Yeah, if you take like the sort of the more extreme vampires, so I mean like a more Nosferatu-looking vampire. Yeah. Mixed with yeah, some of these other examples. Like it's just this a really generic. And then what they wear. Yeah, I can see them as they. You know, I was thinking Reavers, especially since it's in space. Uh, <laughs> they also remind me a lot of the. I don't know if you've played Skyrim, but they look a lot like the Falmer in. <laughs> in skyrim i mean most people have played it so you probably know what i'm talking about people who are listening and watching but yeah peter probably doesn't i have played i've played like 20 hours of skyrim i don't do you still might not have seen the i might not have done but i mean it's weird to go to that one when these these creature designs are clearly more of a post-apocalyptic thing so fallout is a much better comparison point i think well i mean they look like falmer like they're they're like these ancient elf creatures that live underground and are pale white they have a lot of bone and skeleton looking weapons and armor like it, it they look exactly like what you see on the screen that's why i went with it regardless they, they look generic as shit like 
There's there's nothing interesting or exciting about them. Uh, the characters are actively annoying, and this movie's not directed by Paul W. S. Anderson, but he did produce this movie. And it I, looks like a Resident Evil movie. Well, no, there's one key difference. I could tell it wasn't directed by him because there's not a lot of obnoxious slow motion, which is maybe the only positive thing I could say about it. <laughs> I thought the characters reminded me of like the Resident Evil. No, they, they, totally no, no. The, the 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 badass chick in this, like that that could have been Mila Jovovich. Like she even looks like her. Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing she I know like this actress Alice from is from Man of Steel. She's the Kryptonian, like lieutenant in Man of Steel. So she went on to be in that a few years later. Okay, one of Zod's. Yeah, yeah, people? like his right hand person. Okay. Um. I haven't seen that movie in so long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Dennis Quaid, like, he's a likable enough guy in the, the right type of role, but whenever mm. he's in anything that's like this, because um, me and Tim did a movie, like, a year or two ago, where he was, like, this, like, stalker dude, uh, stalking a couple in a house, because yeah. he sold his house, but he didn't really want to give up, so he kept showing back up, and he's might be this creepy guy who keeps showing and he was terrible in that, uh, and he's pretty bad in this. Like anything where he's supposed to be sinister or potentially dangerous or whatever, like he comes off as just I don't know, hammy and trash. <laughs> yeah, he was just sort of reading lines to me. Like I didn't think he was putting any kind of effort into the role. Ah, I don't think anyone was putting effort into this. <laughs> Look, there's, uh, I still believe in Ben Foster. Oh my god, start with this Ben Foster nonsense. Like, I mean, he's a fine actor in other examples, but there's nothing in this. There is no... And it's not actually his fault. I'm not blaming him. But there's no signs. It's not like he does it. Like, the camera never stops moving or stops cutting around to give him a chance to actually perform. <laughs> you see snippets yeah. of a performance cut together... The action scenes are terrible to watch. There's no flow to them. Uh, it's just a mess of cuts. It, this is this is every, this is like the like because this is obviously 2009, so this is right at the end of the 2000s. And this movie is everything I hated about action and bad sci-fi and horror in the 2000s all bundled into one movie. Like everything mm -hmm. I hated about the previous decade up until this point is in this movie. This is it, then, right? This is like we're just gonna put everything that we have left of these ideas into one film and then we can move on to the next decade and forget all of this style. Nah, Paul <laughs> Anderson's next uh, Resident Evil films were still just as bad. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's just so weird. So like I say, Paul W. Sanderson did not direct this. He produced it, though. Uh, the director, oh, some German guy. Yeah, Christian Albert directed this and he's immediately on my shit list. I... Will like to avoid anything he ever does for the rest of my life because this is absolutely terrible. Um, I feel like you're making. Do you think I'm being too harsh? Do you think I'm being too over the top here? I I mean, I I definitely don't think it's a good movie, but I I don't think it's like the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but I don't I don't know. I think I don't think you're wrong. I, I think maybe um, because I know you're a little sleep deprived. <laughs> maybe you're just kind of cranky. No, no, I'm not. This movie is garbage. This, like, no, I agree. It's not the worst thing ever, but it's it's like a couple of steps above that. But it's actually more painful to watch. I I would much rather watch 
a 1 out of 10 that has bad production value and people fumbling their lines because they just don't know what to do than this overly produced music video crap that has no flow, has nothing, nothing you care about, there's no characters you care about, there's nothing going on. Like, this movie has some of the, the weirdestly paced, just like, we'll just, we'll slide in a little flashback here, and it's going to look <laughs> overblown and ultra bright and white with, like, beams of light coming off everyone, and we're going to try and give the main character backstory for about five seconds, and then it just kind of, and then there's another flashback, like, right after it immediately to something else, and then there's almost no flashbacks for the rest of the movie. There's no... It's not like a, a narrative device that it uses consistently. It's not like something that... There's just... There's so many fundamental things about this that are just wrong. It it feels like a group of filmmakers, to use that term very loosely, it's, it feels like a group of filmmakers who... Like, there's no artistry to it. They just want to capture things and make it as quick and frenetic as possible. But when everything's quick and frenetic, every, everything just feels... Like, it's just, you're done to it. It just It's just boring. It just doesn't work. It feels loud. It feels chaotic and not in a good way. Just a no, mess. very chaotic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what kind of music video would want this anyway. What kind of, I mean, maybe death metal. I don't know. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, death metal. Any kind of metal, really, would, would fit this cut, cut up sort of style where it's just... <laughs> I did savor every moment where it slowed down to like tell a bit of a story mm. just because I was I was done with the chaos. <laughs> yeah, but like this movie like was was legitimately giving me a headache. I had to play with the volume button a lot going up and down so I can turn down when the <laughs> when any kind of movement started, but then turn it back up so I can hear what the actors were trying to say. Yeah, um, the actual time when it does slow down, it do kind of explain plot. Although it's still it's still overly edited, though it's still cutting around far too quickly. But some mm-hmm. of the exposition scenes in this are just the most trite exposition. Like, like they they must bring up what Pandorum is and like name you know, you know yeah. say the name of the movie like a do- like at least two dozen times. <laughs> yeah, and it comes like it, when it comes from Dennis Quaid's character. Also, it feels very forced. Pandorum. What the f is that? Pandorum. He's kind of a poor man's Harrison Ford. So I'm then doing grumpy Harrison Ford <laughs> in my head. <laughs> I realize I, mean, I don't hate Dennis Quaid. I think he could be quite likable and an enjoyable actor to watch. I just, I mean, I haven't seen him in anything really all that recently, but like you have. Um, but I, I really was kind of disappointed with him in this film. In particular, just because I know he is good, but like he's really just terrible in this. He, he doesn't fit the part. I think they casted him because, well, he's a name that they could get, but also like because you're supposed to like him. So we'll just get a, a, a generally likable guy. Like they didn't cast his brother. Well, you think what did Randy create on this? <laughs> that would have definitely shaken up a little bit. <laughs> I'll say that much. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, he's kind of a, like you say, he's a name, but he's kind of the lowest tier of name. Does that make sense? Like, because he's not a star. Yeah, it's he's... not the case in the 90s. Like, if it was, you know, a couple decades ago, then, you know, getting Dennis Quaid would have been a big deal, but not so much anymore, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, like, he's, he's kind of like, 
I don't even know what to say B. He's more like a he's more like a C star. He's like a C list star who has some name recognition, but it's not like he's like I mean you said he was bigger in the nineties. I don't even know what he, what he was big for in the nineties. I mean, but I guess the I mean the thing that springs to mind is like Parent Trap. He did like Frequency. I guess that was a bit later. Um, I can't really remember, but I'm sure. Like, if we went through his filmography, like we'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, we know that movie. Norman Reedus pops up for like a minute. <laughs> Back when people probably, I mean, I guess some people, because he was in like Blade Two, like years before this, so he was like some people knew him, but this is obviously pre Walking Dead, although. Not actually that much before it, now I think of it, because Walking Dead's been gone for like 10 years, but... Wasn't Boondock Saints around this time too? I, I guess, but I never heard of that until years later, so I didn't even know that was a thing. Hmm. I, I, I heard of, like, people making fun of fans of Boondock Saints before I heard of the movie. Like, that that's <laughs> that was the, the sequence of events with that. Yeah, it was a lot of, like... um. Um, I'd say the age group that is really into the Joker now <laughs> was really into the boondock scenes then. Oh, yeah, Joker. Or would have been. Modern, yeah. modern classic, the, the Joker film, yes. People used to laugh at me when I said I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. Well, no one's laughing now. <laughs> I'm being facetious. I hate that film. Just in case anyone didn't get that. <laughs> So, yeah, it's not a good movie. Although, it's better directed than this one is. I'll give it. Th- I'll give it that. I don't know. I I'm not a fan of the Hangover guy. Nor nor am I. But it's like he doesn't edit his films to a mess like this is. That's true. Like, th- th- this is obnoxious. Like I, I I felt unpleasant just looking at this movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> especially once like I'd say the first like five to ten minutes aren't too bad. Like, when they're just, you know, because it opens with uh, Ben Foster waking up in cryosleep because there's a malfunction, and then he wakes up Dennis Quaid, and they're kind of just trying to figure out, like, why there's no power, what's going on, where's the crew that are supposed to be awake. Uh, we, you know, we we, were, we find out that this is a big mission where this big ship's taking thousands of people to this planet that's Earth-like, an M-class planet, one might say, and mm-hmm. they're trying to figure things out. And that, I mean, it's not good. It's kind of really generic and it's still a bit over-edited, but it's not until Ben Foster's went to a different part of the ship and he encounters danger. And from that point on, the rest of it's unwatchable. <laughs> that yeah. moment. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> so th- so th- there's like five to ten minutes at the start, which is like a five out of ten. I'm not going to tell you what the rest is because that's for that's for the end of the show. <laughs> Yeah, um, it, yeah, the beginning is is interesting. I I still found it to be a bit chaotic and very loud. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was still like trying to figure out the puzzle of yeah. what was going on. Well, it was chaotic and, and loud yeah. at the time. In hindsight, it doesn't seem as chaotic or as loud because the rest of the film was more chaotic and more loud. <laughs> the standard was raised <laughs> or lowered, I guess. Yeah. Thing. Well, I mean, I still found it loud. <laughs> <laughs> but like I was still piecing together okay he's like frozen so this is a cryo chamber um, something's wrong because nobody's there to like wake him up or mm-hmm. maybe they're all sleeping I don't know I, it, it was kind of fun to like try to figure out what was going on 
what's yeah. this movie going to be? Because you do start like in the middle of something happening. You don't start at the beginning of it. And you get obviously we'll, we'll, in spoilers, we'll dive into what the actual mission is and all the reasons for things happening. Although to be honest, not all of it was that well defined or explained. Like that's another thing the movie has is that it's yeah, the broad strokes are kind of covered and we we get some of the beats, but honestly it is a very messy script and the characters are messy the editing's messy direction's yeah. messy it's just messy it's a messy messy film it kind of like um breaks a, a, a or it does a thing that i don't enjoy in a lot of sci-fi movies mm-hmm. <laughs> where it sets up that like the world's resources are deplenished and stuff like that but yet they have enough resources to build a giant planet-sized ship doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, it depends what the resources that are. I mean, maybe still plenty of metal. <laughs> the metal's fine. <laughs> it's the it's this the food that's uh, running out. Yeah, 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 and water, food and water. Yeah, we imagine it takes a lot of water to like build that ship still to be able to refine everything and yeah get fuel and a fuel for that kind of a thing that they're doing which i'm sort of dancing around the spoilers <laughs> but, but is water a problem did they say water was a problem i don't think they did say water was a yeah. problem they said food and water not just food yep but there's a lot i mean earth's kind of got a lot of water i mean but the, but the ice all melting there's even more of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's not really how it works though <laughs> like once it becomes salt water it's hard to make it back to drinkable potable potable water i'm aware of that i'm just mm. it's a future where we've got space travel with cryo sleep i'm sure they can come up with a filter <laughs> all right <laughs> well apparently water is a scarce resource because that's what like the first line is in the film all right all right fine fine <laughs> you think i remember what that opening text was come on uh actually that opening is such a ripoff of alien uh like it, the music even sounds alien-esque and the way the camera's going over the ship i thought it was going to be an alien ripoff once it, when it was starting I'm like oh, okay we're gonna that's what this is going to be now nah, it ended up being i mean it's still a ripoff of a few different things but it ended, ended up being more some other stuff yeah mm. yeah no it's not very good Is that a conclusion we've come to, is it? It's not very good. <laughs> You're underselling it. It's trash. <laughs> it's, it's, it's... Look, I enjoy trash film. I watch a lot. I've watched like three trash movies yeah, this but week. There's fun trash. There's entertaining trash. There's trash that's still not actively yes. annoying to look at. <laughs> no, I agree. There are, there are plenty of trash films that make the loop to being like so bad that they get good again. But this is not that. There is nothing in this that is remotely entertaining or funny bad. Like, I think I laughed at one shot for how over the top it was, but that was it. Like, that was it. And the, and the duration of the whole film, one two-second shot made me laugh <laughs> because it was just so over the top, the way it kind of tracked into like an actor going, and like going crazy. Right, the, right. But that was it. That was it. That was it in the whole film. I've watched Replica <laughs> twice in the last month and yeah, i would have that's a great trash film i would happily watch that again multiple times than watch this one again 
right? And that film is a 1 out of 10. It's a 1 out of 10 because it has bad production values, it has terrible acting, it barely qualifies as a film. It's, it's you know, it, it's it's the bottom of the barrel. But the entertainment value is like a 10, cause, especially because you can only watch it with the riff tracks. <laughs> yes. But, like, that to me is far more enjoyable than this overly produced, overly edited, just soulless... Something like Replica or a Birdemic, like, they are pretty soulless because the, the creators don't know how to actually give a film a soul, but at least there's this, like, weird, like, reality to it. There's this little weird, like, like genuine attempt. Like, they wanted to make a movie. They're terrible at it. They're absolutely, like, incompetent yeah. at it. But at least... Well, they, had, they had a message. They wanted, to, they wanted to do it, though. You kind of... Whereas... Do, do you think anyone involved in the making of this film, from top to bottom, from the top level all the way to the bottom, cared about this production and was passionate about it? Ben Foster. Bullshit. <laughs> I think he was like, all right, I'm getting my chance. I got my leading role. Everyone's going to know my name finally. And I think he sat down to watch the movie and clutched his pearls the whole time like oh no <laughs> well, i've made a huge mistake <laughs> i think he was drunk the entire time that's why i think i think he was just drinking booze between every take because yeah. he knew how bad it was just went home to to robin wright <laughs> were, were they dating already at this point were they i think so yeah oh, okay so... he was her uh her post sean penn she, she thought, I'm going to go with a younger man this time. <laughs> and Sean Penn had the same idea because isn't he dating like a 19 year old or something like that? <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure. I'm pre- he was with uh, Charlie Theron for a little bit. No, no, there was definitely a point where he was dating someone where his father in law was going to be like another actor who was like his, his age or something. It was like, I remember reading oh, yeah? like a weird story. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it actually happened so that he got married, but there was definitely like a weird story of that at some point where. He was going to end up being the son-in-law of someone who was, like, his age. <laughs> so, so they both split up and had the same idea. Yeah, we're going younger. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I... Dennis Quaid probably was drunk the entire time. And, I, you know, and I, I don't even drink alcohol. I've never drank alcohol. I can't blame anyone on the production of this movie for just, you know, drowning in tequila, like, in between every take. Well, maybe, but I'm pretty sure that the uh, the editor was on whatever that stuff Jason Statham was on in the movie Crank. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Or maybe Ben Foster was drinking Fosters. People people were hoping they'd make that pun, I'm sure, so I thought that... Yeah, can't let the people down. Is, is Fosters a thing in the US? Do you even know that? Uh, it, yeah, it's... Uh... It's supposed to be an Australian beer, but it's just beer that you can get that's cheap that has it comes in a giant can. They used to have funny commercials. I don't see them anymore, though. I think I remember some of the funny ads. Yeah. Uh, like I didn't remember it was an Australian beer until you said that, and then I just immediately like saw the two Australian guys sitting at their couch with the answering machine or whatever it was, and the ad, and I was like, oh yeah, they were that, Australian. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the ad. It was. Australian for beer. That's a, that's what Foster's means. 
<laughs> I think that would have been better if you tried an Australian accent, as you said. I sort of tried. Oh no. Fools juice. Australian <laughs> for beer. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a new segment then of, uh, of the show. It's called, I'm going to give Tara a random accent to try. <laughs> and we'll see how she does it. <laughs> Six out of ten. <laughs> oh, very generous. <laughs> very generous. I'm not, um, not so good at Australian. I'm not good at any accents, really, so I mean, I can't really critique. <laughs> yeah, you're not. <laughs> You've got one accent you do, and it's just not Peter. <laughs> so what you're saying is, is I put on a voice to just distinguish that I'm not doing my own voice, and that's it. That's all I can do. Yes. Okay. I'm okay with that. That's fine. <laughs> oh, and John Hammond. What a purpose. I mean, that's just the same accent. That's not... <laughs> I just turn up the Scottish just a little bit for that. Hello, John. Hello, John. Hello, John. Nailed it. All right. Can we get into spoilers? Yeah, it's time for spoilers. Let's think about spoilers. Uh, so... So I just want to say, I, I hate this. Like, I really hate this movie. I just... I want to make that clear before I just dissect the various plot threads that we're going to make fun of. I don't think we can go through this in order like we do some movies because honestly so much of it it just blurs together because it's effectively a series of Ben Foster runs around there's like a monstery person chasing him he hides, he runs around again he runs into another survivor who's already been awake for a while. Oh they run around together and they're kind of, you know, maybe like the other person might be dangerous with them but he kind of earns the trust a little bit eventually there's three of them and they run around a little bit there's a monster oh they run to a dude who's like a cannibal and then they run around for a little bit oh we're just we are doing the whole thing okay no 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 i'm just i'm like i think i have to talk about the plot threads and then just pick out maybe some individual segments that are worth mentioning because they're either just important to the plot or terrible enough to talk about <laughs> <laughs> That's that's the options we have at this point, okay? Uh, uh, so, Dennis Quaid is left in the, the part of the ship they wake up in, which is kind of like right next to the bridge, but they can't get into the bridge. They're in like a sort of little command area. And he's there. They don't have much power. He's got like a little wind-up power device to like get the main computer on so he can at least look at stuff some stuff. And they might as well put that in. Um, can, I, can I just say the charge that he got from spinning it for five seconds lasted a long time? Like, we, we, it was, he, he was using that computer for like an hour before he had to spin that thing again. <laughs> I mean, we are like, I think the ship launches like 150, maybe 200 years in the future, mm-hmm. something like that. He said it's super efficient energy <laughs> yes uh yeah food and water is in it's a bad place but en- but energy is really easy and cheap <laughs> um so he's he's left there right and he talks to ben foster over the comms although that kind of just gets forgotten about uh after like half an hour for a long time although that said i want to actually this might be and most movies that have premise like this good and bad right this is not a talk this is not really talking about quality right good movies have a lot of this too but this movie has maybe the most of this that i have ever seen in a single film there's a segment right after ben foster leaves 
and he's crawling through like all the the wiring and pipes and stuff in the ship and then he eventually gets into an area of the ship and he finds the first monstery thing that entire segment which lasts like you know 10 15 minutes mm-hmm. the number of time that both ben foster and dennis quaid say something to the effect of can you hear me are you there can you hear me foster come in quaid come in can you hear me Talk to me. Are you there? Can you hear me? It's so irritating. Like, I oh. hate this, too. It happens all the time. Like, just, it would be so easy to just acknowledge. <laughs> just say something. But it happens so much in the studio. And it's not the only time that this happens. Like, other characters, too, are like, hey, what's this? What's going on with this? Can you tell me how this? Like, I'm just going to keep repeating the question and while you pretend not to hear me or, like, you're in a daze or something. But clearly, like, but everyone else can hear you, so... It's super annoying. <laughs> I swear, I, I swear. This. Th- this is, and again, Paul W. Sanderson did not write or direct this. He just produced it. But there's so much of his, like, quality all over this that it's hard not to just <laughs> relate it to his films. But but this yeah. director and Paul Anderson, W.S., not Thomas Anderson, just to be that clear, uh, they, they really feel like just hacks, right? Just absolutely talentless hacks who grew up watching good movies, right? They grew up watching James Cameron, you know, Aliens. They grew up watching stuff that is, is, is inspiring. It is really good. But they have no idea how to actually construct the film, how to actually write engaging characters. And what do you get? You get generic phrases like this over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, I mean, there were moments that I enjoyed. Like, I liked the, uh, I liked all the areas that he was crawling through when we didn't really know what the ship looked like yet and stuff. It was just so many cables. Everything felt very claustrophobic and like very. Uh, it was just almost like when someone emerged out of a cable area, like they were being birthed. <laughs> I thought that was kind of good, but um, eventually it got tiresome because. Honestly, it's I, kind of drab looking after a while, but in the beginning, like I was excited for it. I actually got kind of annoyed at the ship design as the movie went on because it kind of it kind of felt like they just had randomly really different looking parts of the ship just so they could have oh now we're in a really white area oh now we're in a really red looking area and it was just like well, this just feels like really just no excuse just we mm. wanted to have each and don't get me wrong it's good to make them feel distinct but there was no like in context reason or any kind of and they also overly designed a lot of it where like say when they get to the the part where like they're in like where all the the pods of not the pods of people because we know there's thousands of like pods with people in it because that's kind of the idea as a colony right to start a new you know civilization but when they're in like the, the central chamber it's kind of like cerebro from x-men where there's just all these big like surrounding walls around the center pod and it's all the embryos and samples of like i assume plant life and other things and all the stuff they need to you know start life right um Mm -hmm. and it's just so gargantuan and huge that it just doesn't feel look look real it just doesn't look a real thing it looks like a movie thing and there's a lot of things in this movie that feel like that where where they're like they're near like the reactor or there's this big like fan where there's all these dead skeletons and like just shit underneath it and it's like Everything about this, like, I don't think much thought went into what any of these parts of the ship are actually for. Or, you know, like, it just kind of feels like bullshit writing. You know, it's, it's the joking Galaxy Quest where 
uh, Sigourney Weaver like sees the the like this is how you get to the the, the this core is the stomping room. Yeah, and it's just all these <laughs> plungers and things, and it's like I'm going to kill the writer of this episode because this makes no sense. There's no reason for this to exist. Why is this here? <laughs> um, that that you know that's what I was kind of I was getting that feeling a lot throughout this movie. Like this is just to justify this scene idea they had in their head with no yeah. attempt to actually make it fit in the world or fit to everything else or yeah. <sighs> <laughs> yeah yeah i i i agree like a lot of the areas that you get to are i mean it looks like they're kind of going for like a gigar design with the um with all the cables and things looking a little bit organic there's stuff growing on the walls um it, like things sort of just like peel off of stuff so but then uh you get into these rooms that look like Okay, we're just in we could have made this in a warehouse or it, like it's just one big chamber or um tank like like uh um it, it's kind of boring yeah yeah it's pretty boring that's just the yeah if we're gonna copy geek at least put the vaginas on the wall like i mean <laughs> yeah i suppose <laughs> <laughs> No, you said earlier it was like they were getting birthed when they came out of all the, the cables and stuff, and I'm like, <laughs> if this was Alien, it would just literally be a big vagina. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just like a bunch of lines and cables like coming out of some sort of um, hole in the ground, so when they come out of it, it does look a little bit like they're going for like a birth scene, hmm. um, just because things are so claustrophobic and tight, and then they emerge into this open, more open space, you know? Struggling yeah. for air. So, to get back to Dennis Quaid, he's left on his own. And after a while, there's not really much communication. So every so often, we just cut back to him. and But there's one conversation they have early on over the radio where they talk about Pandorum. And it explains that this was something that happened once in a previous space mission where it's basically space cabin fever. Right? That's basically all yeah. it is. And the, 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 the guy went crazy on the ship and he was convinced that the ship was going to die or explode or whatever. So he ejected everyone's pods into space effectively killing them all like you know thousands of people just get killed because they all just get launched into space um and the idea that this can lead to lots of bad things and obviously the movie's called pandorum so you're like okay so this is probably going to like whatever caused everything that's going on it probably started with someone going crazy and that's kind of what's you know this is all human error human mistakes and bad decision making not too long into the movie, a younger character shows up, right? I mean, we obviously, Ben Foster show, you know, runs into some characters as well. So this guy shows up through one of the, the pipe sort of tubing areas and that comes in and he's kind of injured and he kind of freaks out and he's like sort of talking about how he feels guilty about having to kill two other officers, but he had to because of what they became. And obviously it makes some sense in the movie that, okay, so we're speculating that some of the passengers are what turned into these beings that are you know, monsters and eating people and whatever else. Yeah, they definitely don't come off as alien, like no. right from the beginning. So it's it's a pretty easy thing to, you know, try to, to jump to is that it's probably humans that have been altered. Like either we've been there for a lot longer than they're saying or um, some sort of alien mutation has ha- occurred while they're on the ship or something. Because especially because they're, they're, they act very like primal they've got like spears that they use for weapons and like reavers yes okay <laughs> like like what you said or um 
Yeah, they don't look like they're... They don't look alien. They don't have any kind of technology that they're using. No. I, it, so, that's obviously... We'll get back to them in a minute. But this guy, right? This young guy. I don't know, like, how quickly I immediately said where this was going. <laughs> but it was so painfully... It was painfully obvious very quickly that this guy wasn't really there. That this was just in Dennis Quaid's head and he was going crazy. And it was a very quick leap from that to this is his younger self. This was him going crazy earlier on and he's probably to blame for everything. That was just immediately like, that's the obvious big twist this movie's going to try and do later. Mm. It was painfully obvious. Well, let me tell you when I figured it out. Yes. Um, not till the end. So I guess that makes me a dumb dumb. But <laughs> 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 I didn't until like they I, had the blending of the arm scene. I went, oh, they're Tyler dirting it. Okay. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I have no intentions of making you feel like a dumb dumb. I'm not trying to. But it, it was the first. Like the first thing I put in my head is this guy's not really there, and it was especially the first time he talked over comms to Ben Foster after this guy was here for a little bit, and he, he kept being very argumentative and saying things like. Oh, we're all doomed, we're all doomed, blah, 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 right? But the first time he talks to Ben Foster after this guy's been here, he notably doesn't tell them that someone else showed up. And that immediately said to me, he's not really there. And I effectively... And now this actually gets into something else I hate in this movie. Uh, this is such a writing shortcut and cheap trick. The selective amnesia of every character mm. when they wake up who knows enough to survive in space but don't remember exactly who they are don't remember exactly the you know, who each other are don't re- like so so much of this movie is dennis quaid kind of like this, this is him remembering effectively who he was and that he had decided all this stuff and uh I, I don't know did the movie ever actually make it clear if he was responsible for all the mutations or if he was just responsible for the like the, the crew not being woken up and like the, some of the crew dying and I suppose so, because they said there's some sort of thing in the blood that's uh, supposed to help everybody adapt to this new planet that they're going to. So, but because they never escaped the ship, uh, because of what happens to it, then instead of adapting to the planet, they've all adapted to the ship. So ideally, whatever they've evolved into is is best suited to survive on this little micro planet of the ship that they're on. Yeah, just to clarify there, when you say all of, you don't mean all of the pack, because there's still tons of passengers who are still safe in their pods. The ones so, that have yeah. been, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 you know, what, however many hundreds of the ones that have been changed. Because yeah. they all have numbers on their arms tattooed with their their job also tattooed on them. So they have this, you know, sort of blueprint of when they're going to be awoken and then presumably go back into cryosleep or... Yeah, I just I wanted to make clear that the the amnesia thing was super because even at the start of the movie, it just felt like such an easy excuse for them to like not know things, just so they could mm-hmm. try and have to problem solve stuff without it making any sense. And then, yeah, just to clarify the actual trip, that you know we hear it's about a hundred and twenty year journey, and the idea is, is they all go into cryo sleep, but they like get woken up for like two year shifts effectively. So everyone has to do a two year stint as part of the flight crew, as part of whatever, uh, and. They assume at the start of the movie because they're shift number five that they must be eight years into this 120 year journey. Obviously, the ending reveals otherwise, but uh, and there's even questions earlier on that this is probably much longer into the trip than we think it is, uh, for yes. various reasons. Uh, because clearly, obviously, the shifts like the it looked like the very first shift 
didn't um, like wake up shift number two. It, it looked like when things went wrong, it was right near the start of the whole thing. So, yeah. or thereabouts. If it was a second shift, whatever, it doesn't really make a difference. But um, it was very early on, and I, I guess just to stick to the ship stuff, because why not? So basically, we get a flashback later on, and the flashbacks are horrible. I just want to point that out. They're so quick and like bullet pointed. They just, they just, they feel like just like here's a checklist of things that we have to get across, and that's it. There's like no, there's no like drama in the scene. There's no. It's just narration with boom, 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 point, 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 with no artistry, with no. Let's draw you in and tell you a mini story within this little scene to reveal something. Like let's show you a character get the news and then then realize, oh, this is him, but it's younger or something. It's just, no, here's what happened. Boom, 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 boom. Quick visuals of the thing. And it's just completely uninspired and not engaging in any way. But uh, basically the find of the Earth went all Krypton uh, not long after they left. Um, and this ship with, you know, the, the however many thousands of people on it are what's left of humanity. And this is the only hope. And this made young Dennis Quaid go crazy. He killed these other officers uh, with his Pandorum. And presumably, you know, sabotage things so that future shifts wouldn't wake up and the only reason why ben foster wakes up uh, and presumably why other people have woken up sporadically is just malfunctions and when you find out that they've actually been already crashed in the ocean on the planet and they've been here for 800 years it makes sense that eventually some of the pods started to malfunction There's, they've kind of they're kind of yeah. over their due like how long they were supposed to last at this <laughs> point so fair enough i'm not going to dispute that part but i mean that that was definitely a twist that i didn't see coming that they were already there yeah i was expecting them to be out in the just floating space somewhere but i was kind of expecting like earth to show up <laughs> joe actually i will say the one thing i like kind of the one little choice that i think's not so silly is that i will say that you could also argue the beings on on the ship look a mm-hmm. little bit sea creature-esque in some ways and i do wonder if this whole adaptation to where they currently are is actually also taking into account that they're in the ocean as well and that well, may maybe be, that may be part of it and, there's I mean, a lot of water on there yeah and, on and, the ship. and maybe that's like giving these creators too much credit because honestly nothing else feels that smart but <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking like um the, the way that things go is that they've sort of created a race now like another species of human mm-hmm. and is it now um like genocide if they try to like kill everything on there <laughs> well i don't like, know is it ethical because they're trying to they're just living their best life in their environment which is on board the ship i mean that's too dangerous to have around you know Ult- ultimately uh well sure but like if they just stay on there they're adapted for the ship only so they should just stay on the ship yeah probably. but the, the ship floods though so they're probably dead unless they can be under the water yeah it just kind of felt a little bit of empathy for them that's all oh i'm sorry did they not like convince you they should all die when the child monster like slit the guys through it no i mean <laughs> that's all the kid knows this is food <laughs> Plus, that guy just killed one of one of that child's, you know, maybe uncle or something. Who knows? Yes, this was our, our kind of fighter guy who didn't speak English. He's kind of the, I guess he's kind of like maybe the Billy of this movie. Yeah, to Predator. I was thinking Billy also. Yeah. <laughs> he's the tracker. Yeah, he's the smart one who's just like silent. And he literally doesn't speak the language, so he's actually very quiet. Uh, yeah. But 
compared to Billy, who does obviously communicate, but he, uh, yeah, there's just no way that he can kind of fight and he stays back to, like, take on one of the monsters at one point. Like, there's so much of this movie that's them sneaking around in the dark or having to sneak over, like, the walkway that's above all the sleeping monsters and they're trying to, like, not make noise. But, like, seriously, everything is, like, edited in such a way where it's constantly just, like, Ooh, 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 yee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obnoxious. Right. It's an obnoxious film. That's, that's, that's all I have to say on that front. Uh, there is actually, there's a, there's a weird tease early on where Ben Foster kind of sees himself as an old man. Well, not old man, but he's old there. He's got a beard and stuff. Uh, and I don't know if that's meant to be a flashback to when the last time he was awake and, and that he's forgotten like what he saw or what he experienced. I thought the movie was a little unclear on this. Mm, yeah uh yeah i didn't mind the first time he had a flashback to his girlfriend or wife or whatever because it like all it looks like he's dying and like the flashback is all white and stuff and you see his his the his memory of his girl and she's wearing white and everything's so like you know pure looking and it's it's very much like oh he's he's dying so yeah, that's why he's seeing everything right after like this, this flashback ends though he calls uh dennis quaid on the comms and asks about pandorum and then he explains pandorum so we get a, another flashback to this story immediately uh-huh. after and that has the same bright yeah, white I, angelic I agree. light like, oh, never mind <laughs> <laughs> which makes no sense because it's yeah. this horrible tragedy that happened <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, ba- not the same thing. <laughs> the backstory with his wife was just kind of, it was so tacked on. It was like, oh, you love someone, you had to leave her. And then I thought, oh, no, maybe she's on the ship and he has to save her. But then he realizes, no, no, she left him before. And that's why he signed up for this is because she, you yeah, know. but again, it's, it's, I mean, you can chalk it up to the amnesia thing. He's like, well, I, I remember having a wife. She's probably here somewhere. And then memory comes to him as he goes along. But okay, so this movie ends, right, with uh, them like shooting the glass. And, you know, they're doing this thing with Ben Foster where they're trying to make it look he's also going crazy in the last, like, couple of minutes because he's kind of, like, freaking out and like, the camera's zooming into him and all the rest of it. But he, they, they end up breaking the glass once they realise they're in an ocean already on the planet. Yeah. And it starts to fill up and he runs off with a action lady who has basically no character. She's just quiet and is kind of a badass. And that's she does it. have cleavage, though. She, yeah. She, she, she is the poor man's Mila Jovovich and that is... A sad statement to make about a person <laughs> right like like imagine yeah. like you brought up randy quaid earlier imagine looking at someone else saying you're the poor man's version of randy quaid that that is the mm. sort of caliber we're, we're talking here of insult yeah i know i i've seen martians go home good... <laughs> <laughs> and you know so so they run off they get into the pod and they sort of like and they, they basically do this thing that happened in the tragedy where they ejected all the pods right but obviously in this case because they're in the ocean although i was thinking because a spaceship wouldn't some of the pods fire down the way just down <laughs> <laughs> into the seabed yeah so so you know like two-thirds are, are going straight up or, or an angle up the way so they're probably yeah. safe but there's probably about a third of people who just like got plummeted to their death well when we when they they talk about the previous um station or ship that um did went through the pandorum uh they said five thousand lives were lost yes at the end of this one it says there's like t- 1200 people roughly yeah 
so i mean a lot of lives were a lot presumably a lot of them were also the mutated monsters. creatures yeah. monster yeah or eaten by the monsters because it seemed like there was a few of those as well <laughs> over time yeah i mean they eat flesh and there's a lot of them there so but yeah so so it ends it's very it's very pacific rim at the end where they're just floating in this pod but the big happy ending is all the other pods are shooting up and they're sort of happy to see all these people and the camera pans over there's a big island it looks like a really mm-hmm. happy place to set up a new life and all the re- even though all their Purple equipment skies. all of their equipment to like start a civilization and get like a kickstart is all on the ship which it might be hard to get to now but yeah, yeah. although some of it seems to be sticking up out of the water I, I think the impression i got was just that the ship is so goddamn big that yeah uh, it, although it did help justify because part of me was thinking like they're lucky they didn't go into like you know if you went to like, say the deepest part of the ocean on earth like you wouldn't go all the way to the surface you, you the, the thing would just slow down and you die still so that's at least established that okay they're, they're, it's only so deep where they are so they're okay mm-hmm. like they'll, they'll get it did seem to take a while to get to the surface yes um but yeah I, it's still it's still i don't know maybe like future endeavors they can go on expeditions to the yeah. ship you know and be able to recover some things but because there is still part of it that's sticking out of the water and it's not a small part of it no i so what the point i was going to get to though about the this ending though where all the people are coming up and it's like okay a bunch of people get saved i'm like why wasn't this like the heart of the movie why wasn't the heart of this movie saving the thousand or so people who are innocent and still alive and yeah. can be saved why isn't this the heroic goal for our main character but this movie doesn't want to give us a likable main character they give us a character who feels like he's going crazy he's just sweaty all the time <laughs> like there's, there's there's no like there's no motivation or goal other than just oh we have to stop stop the ship from like the reactor from blowing up or whatever the the thing was the whole time right yeah like give us a heroic goal that we can get behind give us like and if you're going to make Dennis Quaid be the villain at the end, like, let me understand his, like, motivation, or not motivations, but let us understand, like, what he's trying to do or what he's, like, because he just kind of like, is just randomly crazy at the end and there's not really much rhyme or reason to it. It's just kind of like, ah, oh, he's sinister now and he's going to fight uh, combat lady. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I mean, but everybody's sort of villainous because it's both, it's like the, it is like a post-apocalyptic film, um, just in a very condensed space. Yeah, but space. one of the things that good post-apocalyptic films have is your main character, or, or maybe a couple, but you, you'll get someone who does at least have the heart of gold, right? Who They, they come off as just as bad as everyone else at first, but then you see that they have a, a moral compass, and they'll help someone in need, and you get mm-hmm. this sense of, like, okay. That's, whereas, like, there's so much of this movie where, at one point, this cannibal guy they run into, like, drugs them He's all. The cook. Yeah, yeah, and he and he, he has them all hanging upside down, and we have a scene where Ben Foster, like to get out of this, just says, "Hey, the reactor's going to blow up, so if we don't get to it, we're all on the same side. I can save the ship." And then he just repeats it a f- couple of times, and the guy just believes him, and then cuts him down, and just goes with them. But mm-hmm. we go through this whole segment of them being drugged, waking up hanging upside down, feeling threatened, uh, like. I don't know, it just it feels like it's just moving to the next part that the script has to go to, rather than actually having a really interesting way to actually end the scene, or like get out of this predicament and convince them. It just felt like, oh, you, you just said that a couple of times, and then he was like, alright, fair yeah, enough. I, 
Yeah, I um, I felt that while watching it too. It was just like, okay, I guess. I mean, he even explains like, how do I? Why should I have any reason to believe you? You're just trying to survive at this point, mm. and because you know I'm going to kill you with eat you. And it's like, yeah, he'll. Yeah, I mean, he literally can't say anything, because and he should say anything to survive. So, uh, the the motivation there was not very clear. And then somehow he does. <laughs> <laughs> against all odds somehow he does and that gets I'm trying to think of any other segments in the movie that I you know Norman Reedus is there briefly and then gets killed like almost instantly yeah uh, I thought he would be more of a main character because he's yeah. kind of high up in the IMDB list of char- of actors that appear yeah uh, like not, none of the sequences with the, the monsters is, are good like they, they're, they're just annoying and no, because they go into this fast editing, like once they yeah. show up. And you can do that to a point. Like it's not like it's not a bad thing to do. Like the quick edits to give you a glimpse and not really see them, but it it overdoes it and it does it for too long to the point yeah. where. There, there's one moment with them in the in the Billy character who's like, like he doesn't have any weapons on him, so the monster like throws him a weapon. They're like, let's fight man to man or man to beast or whatever. <laughs> That's the only time we really get like a, I guess a a character moment with personality. Yeah, like it's the only time where there's any kind of character at all for me, which I guess implies yeah. there's at least some intelligence, like some intelligence level. or yeah, like some sense of honor even. Yeah. Which none of the rest of the movie even remotely implies. The rest of the movie is just another rabid animals who are coming to eat you. Like that, that's yeah. that's all they are for the rest of the film. Which so just a lot of really poorly thought. Like everything feels underdeveloped and just all tacked on together. And that feeling of nothing, no scenes really kind of inspiring what the next scene should be. And like the motivation is not carrying over. There's no one to root for. Mm-hmm. It's annoying, it's messy, it's loud, it's an absolute just bore and tedious experience to actually watch and sit through. Uh, I hate it. We still my... love our Patreons. Uh, I don't know. And a rough, <laughs> and a rough patch. <laughs> it's a rough patch, alright? Uh, I don't know if I have much left to say at this point. I think about an hour... We'll do it for this one because <laughs> okay. I don't know if I have anything else to to rip apart. Should we rate it then? We can we can rate it. What would you like to rate it? Well, you know, it's not it's not the worst thing, but I agree. Like, I did not really enjoy watching it, and part of that is like could be things that are easily fixed, like just sound design and editing. Um, this seems like it would have been like a lot more of an enjoyable watch if I was watching something kind of like a like a dead space vibe or something but um instead I get something just so chaotic and uncomfortable to watch but I do love Ben Foster and I want him to be in more things um (laughs) come on you like Ben Foster yeah I don't dislike Ben Foster but he's not some beacon of hope in this movie okay well I still, I still, I want him to get his big role. This is a lot of justifications for whatever, too high a number you're about to say, but come on. 3.5. So generous. 
is it? Yes, <laughs> 3.5. Yeah. Uh, two out of ten for me. It's really quite simple. It's not a one or even a zero, which is a really rare thing that I might give out to a like a, a real travesty. Uh, but it's two out of ten because it has production value. And that's about it. <laughs> that, that's it. That, that's the only objective okay. thing I can say that's good about this movie is that it has I think production some value. Some of the sci-fi concepts I think are all right. Some of the twists worked for me. So, um, a lot of them were very obvious. Um, but yeah, so I'll I'll step it up to three point five. Yeah, the, the the twist where it finally reveals that Dennis Quaid and the young guy are the same person. Uh, when the arm merges together, that was like the eye roll moment of the movie. That was like. And here it is. Like, here Well, is. I mean, like, the monsters being humans, I thought was pretty obvious from the start. But <laughs> that one for sure. But that wasn't... But, I, like, the, the I, reveal that they were on the planet, they were underwater, like, why weren't there any stars? The reveal, and you got to see some kind of cool-looking alien The reveal the creatures. underwater on the planet already was okay. I, I'll give that, like, a little bit of credit. But the the reveal... I mean, the, the monsters being just humans that are mutated, I don't think that was an eye-rolly thing, even though it was obvious. It was just like a... A natural place to take it, right? I, mm. I I don't think anything about that feels annoying or bad because that's just such a natural way to take that story. Is it's not no, it's not aliens that invaded the ship. It's not you know something else. It's just people who have transformed. Yeah, you just think like the main characters would have figured it out a lot sooner. That's all, because it's the only thing that really makes sense. Well, I mean, that would mean that the main characters would show that they have intelligence and smarts and are capable heroes, but the movie doesn't want us to feel that, so. Why would it, why would they have them do that? All right, what are we watching next time? <laughs> um, I believe we are watching Reminiscence, which is a new film. Oh, okay. So, will we watch something good the week after? <laughs> I, I think we got Predator Two coming up soon, so that may be okay, pre- okay. that may be a Predator Two <laughs> week just to cheer us up. Of course, I know there's a segment of the audience who are like, but that's not a good movie. Like, you shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah, I do like Predator too. Oh man, I, I need to build packs the movie in my life. Yeah, af- you're right. Af- we we need a refresh. <laughs> Jesus, <this laughs> is... refresh with Bill Paxton. This was. Oh. I I hated this. Like it's yeah, it's, it's there's definitely worse, but not much worse. Like it's like it's fair, especially for like a movie with like some production value and a budget and made in the Hollywood system, it's definitely at the low, low end of that barrel. It really is. Yeah. So, um, Yeah, I cannot recommend Pandorum at all. And the fact that this has 6.7 on IMDb is absolutely disgusting. Like, what is wrong with people? Like, what is wrong with you? I don't know. I mean, I've thought that ever since Crash got Best Picture at the Oscars. So... In fact, I, I'm just going to check one movie that I think may be low. So that's six point seven. Oh no, I'm, Predator Two. Okay, I'll, I'll check Predator Two. Yeah, I'll check Predator Two. Predator Two. Where are we? Predator Two on IMDb is six point three. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> F off. Everyone, everyone who rated. Anyone who rates Pandorum above Predator 2, like you can not like Predator 2. I get why it's not like an amazing movie on an objective sense, right? But anyone who rates Predator 2 below Pandorum, you are scum. <laughs> scum with no 
caliber or gauge for taste or quality or possibly even a soul. Wow. Scum. Scum. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> I think that'll do it. Oh, do you think it'll say a 10 out of 10 reviews for uh, Pandorum? Pandorum? Let's, let's check that before we, we go. Well, while I'm getting this. There might be some up. fans, like some, I don't know, maybe maybe like the director's mom or something was <laughs> told how to use the computer. Maybe if it was a, a review in German. Like, mm. das movie yeah. is gut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Das is wunderbar. Yeah. All right, I've run out of German. <laughs> that was like maybe ten percent German. <laughs> oh, the words were all German. Is? Est, not is. Oh, I heard is. Est. Yeah. Das is wunderbar. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't remember if das is the right word because it may be ein, or it might be a uh, die or der. Like, like they've got the whole. Like, uh, I, I took French. Yeah, but, but but a lot of European languages have like gendered words, so you have to use a different the or a, depending. Mm. So I don't know if that's yeah. the right one, but it, the, all the words on their own were definitely German. Okay. <laughs> did, 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 are they the right words to go together in a sentence? Probably not, but <laughs> I, I don't think anything. Okay, there is forty-four ten-star reviews on IMDb. Probably about that many people on the cast and crew. <laughs> the first one is titled Pandorum is an amazingly original and mesmerizing. First of all, that grammatically is not correct. You didn't finish your sentence. <laughs> Secondly, original? Are, are, are you mad? <laughs> did you get dropped so in the head as a child? when you watched it? Um... Oh, there's a ton of stuff. I mean, there is alien in here. I mean, it's the, obviously the the core monsters don't rip off alien, but the 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 darkness of the ship is definitely inspired by alien. The wetness. Uh, you got post apocalyptic stuff. The, right down to the fact that you run into like a cannibal. That's a very post apocalyptic movie yeah. trope. Um, the I can't even think of a specific example for like the waking up and cryosleep and something's went wrong, so we're all trying to figure it out and we have amnesia. I've seen that done a hundred times. We sort of just watched a movie like that. The um. Uh, the one with the 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 French actress. Oh yeah, oxygen and the oxygen and the pod. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even like ones that are ensembles where it's a group of characters trying to figure things out. We've seen that done like dozens of times. Like you know, there's sure. th- nothing about this movie felt original. Like that is the like, of all the absurd things someone may say about this, original is <laughs> is the last thing on the list I'd expect. Um. Yeah, so there's like a bunch of generic things. Most underrated movie ever. Ever? No. No, it is not. Another Ben Foster fan, clearly. <laughs> Packs a punch. Yeah, right into my testicles. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, do you not enjoy animated, Peter? Is, is this, is this a, a less than enjoyable part of the show for you? Um, I don't know. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least... 10% of the audience is into this, so roll with it. Roll with it. At first, I thought this movie was just a rip-off of Dead Space, but I couldn't have been more wrong. I would have preferred a Dead Space rip-off. Uh, yeah, yes, I think I would have too. 
gut-wrenching fear throughout the entire movie. I also had gut-wrenching fear that it would never end. Um, a spectacularly undervalued sci-fi gem. Mm, yeah, it's a gem mm. covered in shit. Just Sold, nothing but zingers today. Rolled in breadcrumbs. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you not enjoying me making fun of these uh these awful reviews? I'm enjoying making fun of your puns <laughs> and your quips. I'm having a good time. Okay, this is venting. This is getting a lot out in, into my, out of my system. Okay. Yeah. This, you this is healthy. Need to feel better. This is this is very healthy. Is what's happening right now. Nice concept, and all caps that part. And then in all lower ca- all, all lowercase, you have, have you ever felt how valuable human life is until this movie? What? This person was really trying to be, like, profound in their review. They wanted the director to notice them. Hmm. Or maybe they just had a really bad life before this and, like, didn't, like, see the value in human life. Until this movie where every character is completely unlikable and unengaging and basically just like paperweights to move the plot along. Um, For some reason that was the thing that gave this person an insight into the value of human life. Yes, uh, thank you very much for joining us. (laughs) You can like and subscribe, ding the bell for notifications. Uh, That helps us out on YouTube a lot. It helps all YouTube channels out, so please do it. Uh, you can also, of course, get us on the Twitters at Screams Midnight, which is now the Twitter for all the Male Fuzz Movies podcasts, which is Ace, uh, Screams After Midnight, and Sacred Hockey Mask. Uh, and maybe the other occasional other thing too, but that is the three main pillars. And then, of course, uh, Tara is going to tell you about Patreon once I have thanks our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Board Now, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. That's right. If you enjoy our reviews, <laughs> I broke him. That's I right. Broke him. That's right. <laughs> That's right. If you enjoy our reviews, please hey, check Tara, out our Tara, Patreon. Tara, Tara, Tara. Why, why are you doing this to me? Tara, we're great. We're great starts again, right? I just, I, I, I've, I've got a good idea here. I've got a good idea. So when I finish what I'm saying here, you're going to start your Patreon, but okay, right? So Tara's about to tell you about Patreon and. I'm pretty sure that we can all agree that people who wrote those 10 out of 10 reviews are all a bunch of awful scumbag human beings. That's right, Peter. If you enjoy <laughs> our reviews, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. And if you donate those $1 per month, you will get access to bonus episodes of The Ace. And if you donate $5 per month, you will be able to vote for what we watch once a month. So you could have been there to prevent this. <laughs> I appreciate you try to keep it together whilst I was clearly laughing. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you set me up like that? It just occurred to me that I can get Tara to make, I can make it sound like Tara's agreeing with anything I want as long as I just say it right before I pa- pass it over to the Patreon bit because she always starts with that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are you trying to rain on my parade? <laughs> oh. Not Connor. You can't take advantage of me like that. Dunkirk is the worst Christopher Nolan movie. Tara, tell me Patreon. That's right. <laughs> oh, I'm upset. Oh, no. 
we get Stern talking to after this record is done now. <laughs> yeah, you'd be lucky if I come back next week. <gasps> oh no, no, Tara, everyone tell Tara that Don't do great. it, don't, don't, don't you do it. <laughs> don't you mess up my that's right. I've okay. got one job here, okay? I will and not... you're trying to sabotage <laughs> it. I will not abuse the that's right uh, segment. Thank you. It's not even the Patreon plug anymore. It's the That's Right segment. Mm. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, there you go. Uh, so, yes. Thank you very much for joining us once again. Um, we always appreciate it. Keep watching the science fiction. And computer at Salsa. That's right.